We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? I did Aikido for about six months when I was seven. But what I realised is I can't do left and right. I have to really think about it. Which is bad for you because you're a bus driver, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. I've been driving buses for 50 years now. But you're the famous bus driver who keeps on driving buses into walls. Yeah, that's right. Every bus I've, I've ever driven has yeah. ended up in a wall. It's also become part of that bus company's brand. And, and it's almost like driving with a celebrity. Yeah. Like people get quite excited. They quickly lose that excitement when they get whiplash or a broken nose. You do have your own YouTube channel, Bus Driver Crashing Man. Once you've crashed, you duck out your little cab as quickly as possible. That's right. And then there's just like 10 minutes of like all the damage that you've done. Yeah. And people are like, oh, <laughs> on the bus. And I just pop in and wink ever so often. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you decided to jump the River Thames for children in need? It's part of my channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, guys, if I get 10,000 likes for this video, I'm going to jump the River Thames in my bus. I didn't make it. You barely cleared it. the ramp. No, I drove a bus into the River Thames. Um, and I, yeah, ended up raising £20,000, which was used to fix the bus. <laughs> the year was 1999 and 31st December between the hours of 8pm and midnight, Satan himself was going to emerge from one of the public bathrooms in New York City and destroy every toilet in the world. The next day, no one would have anywhere to go to the toilet and the streets would run brown with the people's manure. Thankfully, I noticed a clue on the back of a toilet cubicle door. It said, burn our dozen life hairs. And I thought, Maybe it doesn't mean burn a dozen life hairs. Maybe it's a name like burn a dozen life hairs or burn a dozen live here. And then I realized if you add the alphabetical position of every letter in the name Bernard and multiply it by 4.8, you get the number 666. And if you add the number 6 three times and subtract it from 666, you get 648. So I found the 648th toilet in New York City and flushed it 666 times and then Satan came and I flushed myself down the toilet and saved the city. And now I am talking to you from heaven where the toilets smell of peaches. You're a choir boy compared to me, a choir boy. Okay, it's time, it's time. What time is it? Nine o'clock. Uh, <laughs> What time is it? Oh, toilet time. It's, <laughs> it's watching films on the toilet time. Ooh. That's what time it is. And it's, yeah, it's also about nine o'clock. Hey, big shout out to the toileteers. Yeah, hey there, toilet ducks. That's the other one as yeah. well, the toilet ducks. I mean, we should really be asking our six listeners what they'd like to be referred to as. What would you like to be called apart from mum, dad, and, you know, the names of our brothers and sisters? I don't know. I don't know what they want to be called. Um... No, no. <laughs>
We'll find out. Yeah. We'll see what they want. Yeah. They, they'll probably probably not want to be called anything. I can't think of a single person that would want a shout out on this podcast. No, in fact, I've been threatened by people that I know that if, if I ever mention them, then uh, they will duff me up. They said that they, they'll take you to the cleaners and wash you up. Yeah, kick my face. <laughs> wash your back. Yeah. Do you have the shower hotter than your wife does oh we don't have the individual dial that determines the temperature like millionaires do (laughs) you have to turn on the hot and cold taps to create your own mix oh right like like tramps yeah i mean we do live in a victorian house is your bath massive like is it six feet deep and it weighs three tons (laughs) has to be on the ground floor because it would go through an upper deck that's right it's in the middle of our living room (laughs) so do you have your shower hotter than your wife she has a very hot shower and a very hot bath i feel like it would burn my skin well to describe your complexion you're almost translucent i'm much like the demon spirit in the film that we're going to be talking about which is uh 1999's peter hyams Mm. directed arnold schwarzenegger demon vehicle end of days yeah Yeah. okay so before we get on to the toilet news i have a letter oh well off the back of something that you raised last week actually Okay. okay so it says dear aaron and bert I'll start by saying this is the most difficult letter I have ever had to write. Despite everything that's been going on in the world, I've recently found myself in a pretty good place. Unfortunately, all that was turned upside down when I was triggered by something you discussed on your recent podcast. I spent many sleepless nights writing countless drafts of hate-filled letters, admonishing the both of you for your insensitivity. But as I sit here in my home movie theatre, watching myself sing... I dreamed a dream through a veil of tears. I have realised the only way to end this torment is to publicly announce my name is Anne Hathaway and I was a petrol addict or a gas addict (laughs) if you're based in the US. That was all written in capital letters, all of that bit. My rapid descent into addiction took place in early 2011 when I was shooting The Dark Knight Rises. During a particularly chilly night shoot, I spotted a thermos flask on the ground next to Tom Hardy's hammock. Assuming it was a warm coffee inside, I took a sip and then my life changed forever. As petroleum sloshed into my mouth, I felt like my eyes were going to melt out of their sockets. From that moment, I was hooked. When Tom finished the take he was working on, he saw me gazing at the floor with the open thermos in my hand. Quite the taste, isn't it? He said in the voice of Bane. <laughs> I opened my mouth. <laughs> I opened my mouth to reply, but before I could say anything, he just snatched his flask and said, "That'll be all, Selina Kyle." My transition from thermos to pump was rapid, and before I knew it, I was wearing a pregnancy suit and a blonde wig in the hope that people would look away in disgust when they saw me taking a mouthful from the nozzle. Side note, you mentioned huffing petrol in your podcast. In the States, we say smashing gas. Anyway, I went straight from working on The Dark Knight Rises to Les Miserables. I would turn up on set every day in what people assumed to be my own peasant makeup and stumble through my lines in a premium unleaded haze. (laughs) Then I suffered a complete blackout for over a year until I found myself standing on stage at the 85th Academy Awards with an Oscar in my hand. While everyone else headed off to the Vanity Fair after party, I raced across town to hang out with the pump attendants at my local (laughs) shell station. 
As I reached into the glove compartment for a quick smash to keep me going, I swerved into a passing fire engine. My car was launched into the air, did a sweet 720 and landed on the roof of a Taco Bell. When I regained consciousness, the doctors told me it was a miracle I'd survived, not from the crash, but from the incredible amount of petrol I'd ingested over the past couple of years. Ultimately, I want to thank you for raising the issue on your podcast. Without your insensitive discourse on this painful subject, I would still be holding on to the dark secret I've kept for many years. Kind regards, Anne Hathaway. Very brave of her mm. to admit that. Such bravery. Yeah, very long letter, wasn't it? It was long, wasn't very it? Very long, yeah. <laughs> very long right possibly too long maybe maybe too long ben <laughs> well i and tell that to anne hathaway i mean i do think ultimately i think she's weak do you feel that she's weak for admitting or just generally weak weak for having a go at us about it and then weak mm. for doing it in the first place it's pretty la- yeah, pretty definitely. lame addiction if you ask me so you're going you're going to tweet all that at, at anne hathaway from our podcast account are you yeah Okay, brilliant. Interestingly, we, we have a we, we have an email that Ben last week in, in an attempt to get us a bit of free publicity, you mm. you took on podcasting king Joe Rogan with a series of I did baiting tweets. I gave him a right trolling, didn't I? He did. Now unfortunately he didn't tweet back, but he has sent us a very strongly worded email. So let me just read what it says. Dear watching films on the toilet. I smash you up, bad podcast men. <laughs> I be the big man, not you, toot. I make three-hour magic hour of pos listening. Jordan Peterson, he my friend. Trans athletes? No way. The questions I make have clever. They are never dum-dums. I freezer full of deer meat. I'm not platform for conspiracy theory, you stupids. I smoke weed joints with the tough boys. And face masks, they don't work. I has the normal size head. The strong man supplements for the good boys. It grows the brain too big. Stop the bad words, smelly toilet boys. Or I kick your legs and back. Lots of love, Joe Rogan. <laughs> wow. Oh, that, was, that really was him. That really was him. He was, you could tell he was livid. Oh, he was furious. He... You missed out all those words. A lot of typos. Didn't spell a lot of, a lot of them properly. In there. Yeah, it was pretty hard oh, going. Goodness me! He did say, "Yeah, you kick your legs and back." So he's in his business, was, then, isn't he? I had a bit of a shiver down my spine when I heard that. He's the one person I probably wouldn't want to get into a, a tussle with, in in flesh no. or digitally. You sound like him now. Yeah, I would not tussle. I would not tussle in flesh. No, it's so no in the to... flesh. Not in not in flesh. I'm saying like that's what he oh, would right, say. Okay. That's how he would say it. No, I I know how to speak. I just <laughs> good. Well, that was nice. That correspondence. Yeah. Is it time for some toilet news? Toilet news. Toilet news. Toilet news. Where where did it come from this week? This might be my favourite piece of toilet news we've had so far. Serial toilet thief captured by police in Japan. Investigators can finally close the book on quotes the god of toilet cases. <gasps> Investigators in Chiba Prefecture had a hard case to crack. Sure, they've trained to deal with criminals, but this time round, they weren't up against just any common crook. They were against a god, dot, 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 of toilets. Odds are none of the officers generally thought they were trying to catch a literal divine being. 
However, after a string of serial toilet thefts took place in Funabashi City, they started dubbing the caper the God of Toilet Cases. So basically, (laughs) this guy has stolen 18 toilets from various building projects. His 26-year-old office worker... Ryusai Takada. Uh, he was previously employed at a home construction company, and it's likely that his knowledge of on site workflow and common security <laughs> measures enabled him to con- continue his crime spree for as long as he did. Wow. What did he do with them? This is Takada, who admitted to the theft, said he stole the toilets as well as other items from the construction sites in order to sell them at second hand stores to, pay, to help pay for living expenses. I like the idea that he was doing it for some sort of art project, like a kind of Tracy Emin's bed, but this, this man's 18 toilets. I would like to think that he was so particular about his toilet time that he would, he would use a toilet once and then have to discard it. The idea of using one toilet a day for the rest of your life, that would be quite particular. Some people wear a brand new pair of socks every day. Do they? Yeah, some people do that. Or pants. One pair of pants every day, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of people that would wear like a pair of pants, throw them away, wouldn't wear them again. How old is your oldest pair of pants? Maybe about fifteen years. Jeez, Louise, what kind of condition are they in? Uh, pretty good. Do you remember you telling me when a pair of pants is on its last legs, you'll mm. buy the same model of pants and then graft the remnants of the old ones on top of the new pants? Yes. Like a skin graft. Yeah, you said it helps retain the power of the original pants. Yes, it does. And you've been doing that for years. This kind of Frankenstein pair of pants you have, there's actually yeah. fragments of pants which go back back nearly 30 years. My great-grandfather started the trend, so they actually go back 120 years. It's, it's like walking in cardboard, is how you described it. Yes, it's horribly uncomfortable. Yeah. Chafes, burns, cuts mm-hmm. in some cases. But I have to keep up the family tradition because I wouldn't want to let granddad down. You told me it was like when you strip back wallpaper on a house that's not been renovated for decades and you see thousands of layers of paper and paint. That's right. You said that is the the cross-section and also the texture of the pants. They have a very brittle, dry quality to them. Extremely. They're very thick as well because of all the layers. So I, I actually have a size 32 inch waist but i wear 40 inch trousers (laughs) because otherwise they wouldn't be able to fit yeah it gives you the appearance of like a weeble doesn't it yeah i do look like a weeble yeah when do you pass them on and which one of your boys is going to get them they will fight for the pants they will have to prove themselves in battle my youngest son is taking kung fu lessons so i'm fairly sure that i'll be passing them on to him and uh, you leave a little present inside them, don't you, before you hand them over? <laughs> <laughs> yep, I leave a little, um, a little signet ring, which you have to wear <laughs> with the family crest. And your family crest is actually an image of a man wearing pants that are so painful, he's screaming at the sky. <laughs> That's right, screaming at the sun. It's a very detailed crest for such a small... Ring. And what would you then migrate to once you stop wearing these legendary pants? Oh, I die. Oh. Yeah, I'll die. I never take them off. Mm-hmm. So they're just, they're stuck to my body now. In order to get them off my body, I have to just basically cut them out. So I have to cut off my legs and then I cut myself in half in order to take them off. 
You don't mind me saying so, Ben. Sounds a little much. Well, you know, it's not really for me to say. It's a family tradition. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm loath to have a go at something cultural like this. Don't want some lunatic fringe coming at me next week going, oh, we wear old pants all the time, though, <laughs> we cut ourselves in half. So I better shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah, you, you should. Well, thank yeah. you for that fascinating insight into your mm. pants traditions. Yeah, yeah, well, um, I'm sure we'll revisit that at some point. Oh, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Finally, in toilet news, Coronation Street actor finds four-foot royal python on toilet seat. Which Coronation Street actor was it? He's called Harry Vizinoni, and he plays okay. Seb Franklin. So I don't know who that Coronation is. Coronation Street actor said he was left dreaming of snakes after he found a four-foot royal python sitting on his toilet seat. You sure he's not boasting? About something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they only have a photograph of him from his waist up, so I can't, <laughs> I can't comment on his heat. <laughs> so it's, it is thought the snake has slithered off from its previous owner and into a wall cavity, said the RSPCA. The charity has named it Lulu, which it said seemed appropriate because uh, Lou is the name of a toilet. Do you, do you see? Well, it's also the name of a singer, but I don't, I don't really understand. Do you think they should have called it Harry Vizinoni's... <laughs> I think that would have been a good name for it. <laughs> it would have been more appropriate, yeah. yeah. I feel like if someone tells me they own a snake, it's an automatic red flag for me, and I would never, <laughs> ever want to be that person's friend. I really wanted to own a snake when I was young. Well, yeah, I stand by my comments. Then I decided I didn't want to. Then you decided you wanted a cool best mate instead of a dirty old snake. Good choice. No, I just wasn't allowed. She chose me over a snake, so thanks very much. I don't know if I chose you. Well, you kind of slithered over to me like a snake, didn't you? And almost like a face hugger from aliens. You clung to my head and laid your egg inside. I laid a friendship inside your heart. You did. A friendship which exploded out of my chest. Very, very painful display. Yeah. It's time to talk about end of days. Yeah. So, don't do the big, big wee summary first, Ben. Oh, here we, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here it is. Hang on. How many, how many sittings for end of days? Oh yeah. Okay. So, took me a lot <laughs> to get through this film. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It took me eleven sittings. Yep. I think watching this film almost felt like being constipated. <laughs> you wanted it to end, but it just wouldn't. So, how many sittings did it take you? It took me eight this yeah, week. Okay. So, yeah, fair few. I didn't particularly make an effort yeah. to get back on the john, mm-hmm. um, as I may do with some other movies. Sometimes I'm enjoying a film so much, I'll just like, go and eat like a huge bag of dates just so I can mm. uh, get on that toilet as quick as I can. Our diets are very much dependent on how long we need to spend on the toilet i have i'm intolerant i eggs don't react well with me so if i'm really enjoying a film i will sacrifice comfort for time like i say i'll 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 either have like a like two kilo sack of dates or Mm. if it's a film i hate then uh probably eat similar amount of beef mince well, you've, we have discussed that before. You do like jamming in kilos of beef, beef mince, don't you? Yeah. Bone marrow, I'll often just snack on. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Peas pudding. Uh, suet. Suet pudding. Lard. Lard pudding. Yeah. Any of the puddings. Any of the, the fat-based puddings. I mean, my doctor said my cholesterol levels are dangerously high. 
She said, is there mm. anything in your diet I think you might want to change? And you I, said, I said, no. absolutely not. I'd mentioned the, the, the kilos of consumptions of meat because I went in there with an enormous hernia. Right, okay. Because I went, basically went 10 days straight. I just had a kilo and a half of meat, beef mince every day. I drink. I, I forgot to mention I drink tankards of port and gravy every night as well, <laughs> which doesn't help. No, that's good for you. That's good. Um, that's good for gout, isn't it? That's good for gout. It's either good or terrible. I can't remember which it is. I think it's great. I think it's really good for gout. Is that what you drank for me this week? I did. So this week I um, upped my port and gravy allowance. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So I had I had two liters, one each, one of port <laughs> and one of gravy. Yeah. Was that after the hernia was removed or before? Well, the, the the hernia has been put in place. I'm now wearing one of those whalebone corsets, so it right. will pop out. If you've ever if you ever look at the satirical illustration of basically once there's a really fat prince of Wales, and he's like almost perfectly spherical, and he always has very high yeah. trousers and coattails. Yes, that's exactly how I look. With the with the corset, as you put it. Yeah, and and that's with the corset. With the corset, I'm I'm a ball. So without it, I'd be an ellipsis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just like a puddle aren't yeah. you yeah yeah it gathers it yeah. all up into a nice tight yeah. ball i get my wife to collect up all my rolls and then uh, yes on the whalebone course it goes and i go about my business well you know you're a hero amen and don't let anyone tell you Thanks, anything man. else so how long have i got so you have one minute and nine seconds Mm, okay, I might. We'll see. Let me set up the stopwatch because you went ballistic the other day when I didn't record it. I'd say that was justified, but mm, you know. no, it wasn't. Anyway, oh, oh, I'm not doing the summer wee. I'm just <laughs> timing it. And I couldn't even do that. Oh, don't get cross. <laughs> That's basically what you said. <laughs> That's what you said. That is what I said. Yeah. Righto, are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. So the film opens in 1979. The Pope sends a priest to New York to find this baby who will later become the mother of Satan's child. The child is born that night and given some rattlesnake blood in the basement of hospital because that's evil. Cut to 20 years later when Gabriel Byrne is possessed by some transparent jelly which turns out to be Satan and blows up a restaurant full of people because that's also evil. Then finally, we're introduced to Arnie's character, Jericho Kane, JC, who's really sad because his wife and daughter are dead and he blames God, stupid God. To make himself better, he puts all his leftovers in a blender and eats it. <laughs> He's assigned to protect Gabriel Byrne, who's still doing his Wall Street banker job despite being possessed by Satan, and a crazy priest shoots at them and there's a helicopter and guns. And then Arnie talks to the priest, but he hasn't got a tongue. But Arnie manages to do all this detective work, even though he's not a detective, and tracks down the girl Satan's after, priced in New York, sorry, Christine York, and manages to save her just as she's about to be assassinated by some Vatican knights. So then he saves her from them, then he saves her from Satan, then he saves her from some police officers, then he saves her from the Knights of the Vatican again, then he saves her from some more Satanists, then he saves her from Satan again, then he saves her from a dragon, and then he saves her from himself by jumping onto a sword. The end. Wowee, that's very, very good. And that was a minute 16. So soup's close. Really good. Okay. Okay, not not bad. Yeah, so Eamon, what did you like about End of Days? I liked Kevin Pollock as the comedy sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That says it all, really, doesn't it? 
he's really funny. Like obviously you can tell he's a comedian because he has all these good good lines which he delivers really well. So there's a bit where they're looking around Thomas Aquinas's ridiculously awful, scary, gross apartment, and he just says, uh, "I don't like this. It's too busy," which I thought was a really <laughs> really funny thing to say. Too busy. Yeah, yeah, and he just he just has um he just has a few lines like that that, that made me chuckle. There are a couple of other things I like. I, I've written down here simply the note: double gun sleeves. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we like double gun sleeves. We love. And there's a good bit where he's yeah. got his hands up, and then he slowly reaches out, double guns. Yeah. Is that, is that when he shoots CCH pounder? It is. Yeah. The sound editing is good. The machine gun. His machine gun <laughs> sounds amazing. Uh, his guns sound really good. That is good. And then yeah, that's it that's the end of the things that i like that's it okay what about you what did you like i liked that this was a bold choice for arnie it was unlike anything he'd done before it was a supernatural action film the character of jericho kane he's a suicidal at the start he gets beaten up a lot this unfortunately did mark a turning point in that all the films arnie made after this weren't as successful as the films he made before it was the end of of Arnold Schwarzenegger young big action hero and he wanted to do something else so I like that this was a bold choice well I think we've said everything that we liked yeah so maybe let's start with Gabriel Byrne Mm -hmm. as one of the problems so his character Satan is the big issue I think because there are no rules for the demon yeah we don't know why he takes the banker's body. He, they could have used some point of view shots of the jelly looking at different bodies, yeah. maybe, and not bothering with yeah, them. Yeah. Anyway, didn't do that. Uh, so they pick. He picks him. Now I believe he can stay in this body as long as it isn't damaged. Mm-hmm. But uh, he begins by blowing up a restaurant, which you would um, would think would damage his body. Yeah. It doesn't. Later on, when he blows up a few more things. That's what damages his body. He's also very strong. He seems to be able to appear in places. He can't run. (laughs) And he can do weeing of oil. This is the big issue, I think, with supernatural action films in general. When you have zombies and you have vampires and you have werewolves, which are these solid beings with rules, I think it works. But as soon as you have a ghost uh, or a spirit the two don't meld together because action is all about pushing the limits of the human body and the thrill is that something can be broken when someone jumps off something you know that if they slip and hit the ground they're going to break whereas a ghost you can't fire a gun at a ghost and it's not going to break so what's the point yeah that's so true as you say there's no consistency in in how to damage him no and i would have i I think i would have enjoyed it if there'd been a bit more body horror in that respect so, you know, every time he gets shot, it does take a chunk out of him. He's like, oh, here we go mm. again. But he, t- he heals and then he doesn't heal and then he's a mess and he's it's very inconsistent. Arnie's character, Jericho Kane. I think he start- it starts off well. I quite like that he's a complete mm. mess. I don't understand the cocktail that he drank. That was really weird. He put a pizza in it. Let's break it down. It's a coffee. Yes. Some Pepto-Bismol beer, I think, pizza, Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's quite a smoothie. Yes, yeah, rank. I would eat each of those things individually for breakfast, possibly, but I wouldn't put it in a blender with liquids as well. That's just gross. 
It did remind me when yeah. I was at um, university, I used to do this thing, which I used to think was really smart. Yeah. So I'd get instant mashed potato, reconstitute oh, yeah. it. So I had a big bowl of mash. Yeah. I'd put in a tin of baked beans, yeah. a tin of tuna, and a load of grated cheese. So it kind of formed yeah. this paste. It was like the, a building block for, for the meals. Oh, wow. So then what I would do is I'd toast some bread, lay this paste atop the bread with a big squat yeah. barbecue sauce. Oh, God. And then have it as a sandwich. I used to think that was great. I knew there was something you used to eat which was disgusting, and that was it. <laughs> The biggest problem I have with that is the tuna and the barbecue sauce. Okay, well, well, riddle me this. If I were to serve you a jacket potato... Yes. ...with the sides of tuna, cheese, baked beans, you wouldn't bat a f***ing eyelid. <laughs> Would I put barbecue sauce on the three? It, it actually works very well. The spicy sweetness cuts through the bland richness well i tell you what why don't you make it again and put it on some bread and film yeah. yourself eating it and i want to see what your reaction is today i'm almost 100 percent. i actually still quite enjoy it i'm sure you would so are you saying that you would drink jericho kane's cocktail i could almost see myself eating all those things individually in a sequence I certainly wouldn't put it in a smoothie. It sounds like the sort of thing that they'd end up thinking was a good idea in an East London bar. Like, uh, oh, we're serving the Jericho Cane. <laughs> or Jericho Cane. <laughs> Do you want a Jericho Cane, yeah. mate? And they drink it from jars yeah. and everyone would be like, oh, God, yeah. just forcing it down. Yeah, it's really nice. Can I have another one? So we meet Jericho. So he is a security guard for Gabriel Byrne's character. Yeah. He gets shot at. He he goes in a helicopter, which comes out of nowhere, yes. chases the man on a wire. I mean, it's a very bizarre action scene. In something like True Lies, it would have been appropriate mm. and pretty cool. In this horror film, it's very odd. And then he decides to take it upon himself, even though he's not a police officer anymore, to do all the detective yeah. work to find out who shot at Gabriel Byrne, which is is not his job. And I don't really understand why he does it. It's, it's not his job. And you're never given a clear reason as to why he might investigate that so doggedly. It's not like he has no. any stake in, in that, that case whatsoever. But I think we said we had this conversation before, which we then subsequently edited out because it wasn't good. But let's have another roll of the <laughs> dice. I've witnessed crimes happen a few times and you then have to give a load of evidence to the police and it takes yeah. ages. So I've gotten to the point where now I've witnessed crimes take place and just carried on because I was just like, oh, I can't be bothered to get involved in this. So are you saying that instead of giving evidence to the police, you should try and investigate the crime yourself? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's just like I, I feel relatively okay about yeah. my life and and i'll see admittedly not violent crimes yeah let's be clear on that petty theft you know perhaps yeah but but my my point is i got to the point where i i couldn't be bothered helping out the police and, <laughs> and i felt a-okay yeah this guy he hates everything about his his life yeah. and yet he decides well i'm gonna throw my lop into behind this story yeah. and, and get to the bottom well they of shot it. at a banker I need to solve this. <laughs> My favourite scene, which I mentioned in the introduction, is Christ in New York. I think that's amazing. That is the kind of detective work that, you know, even Batman. That was like the uh, the kind of detective work they did in the, in the old, like, camp Adam West Batman. It literally. It's Christ in New York. Maybe it's, maybe it's a name. Maybe it's Chris in New York. Maybe it's Christine York. <laughs> yeah. That's it. 
and off they go. His whole solving of that case, there's no, nothing gets in the way. It's fast. Well, it's so easy. Well, one thing I, I like in, in that sort of sequence, that sort of de- de- procedural detective work, he, he tracks down the priest and subdues him in, in the disused subway station. And he's talking yeah. to CCH Pounder afterwards, who's the police detective. And he's saying, yeah. uh, oh, he said all this stuff to me. And she was like, are you sure? He's bidding his tongue out. Maybe I'll leave that off the report. Yeah. If that was me, I'd be like, oh, God, I feel like an absolute idiot. <laughs> I'd be like super embarrassed and like just yeah. keep myself to myself. Like that's the appropriate response. Instead, Arnie's like, yeah. no, he definitely talked. I was here. I heard him talk. <laughs> he had the tongue. I hate to say it because I'm a big Arnie fan. I was a massive Arnie fan as a young man. When I was in year eight, I did a presentation about Arnie to the rest of the class. So it, as much as it pains me to say it, I don't feel like Arnie had the acting chops to hold this all together. The music box scene where he's looking at his daughter's music oh. box. And he oh, starts dear. crying. It's just, oh, it, it, it reminds me of, of how I might act if I had to do yeah. something like that, which is badly. <laughs> I think this film had been in development since the mid 90s. So they were really running out of time to get it done by late 1999. So Arnie jumped on board. So a guy called Marcus Nispel was due to direct the film. So he was a commercial director. He directed lots of adverts and he directed some music videos. Ronan Keating's Life is a Roller Coaster, which I'm sure we all remember. He did also the Fuji's Ready or Not video. But as this film was coming together, a 64-page document of Marcus Nispel's demands on set was released. And the studio quickly announced that he would not be working on the project due to creative differences. (laughs) I'll give you some examples of, of things from his document. For a big star, a pretty PA of their preferred sex should always be there to keep tabs on talent. Mm. Marcus doesn't do client dinners, explain that he has a superstition. Conference calls, not in the morning. Nobody, capital letters, talks to Marcus without having read the concept and his pertinent procedure form. And finally, talent should be kept in visible distance from Marcus. They should be asked to remain quiet and not talk to Marcus unless he needs to talk to them. So funnily enough, they didn't want this guy working on the project. <laughs> Do you know what, though? Weird that. I, I can imagine most directors and high-profile stars exhibit those kind of behaviours and demands. They're just not Absolutely. dumb enough to codify it in a document. How's your document coming along? Yeah, good. So it's uh, yeah. no eye contact at any time. And yeah. another was that you have to wear a jet black sombrero yes. at all times. Yeah, that's right. And in this tight recording space, it's actually very difficult. Well, yeah, I'm not interested in the size of your recording space. I'm interested in the black <laughs> sombrero. Your one was yeah. the, that you just wanted me to be friendly. That was it. It was a one-page document. And um, apparently... You can't even do that. So thanks very much. Yeah, one of my stipulations was that all of your stipulations are to be completely ignored. Another one was that at least once every episode, I get to insult your dumbass sister. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I hadn't read that part, but yeah, yeah. go on. She's dumbass, isn't she? She can't <laughs> think. Yeah, well, that's this episode's insult. You won't go into a room if the wattage of a bulb is above 60, will you? Absolutely not. And I can tell. Yeah. I also wear those ludicrous Bono wraparound insect style sunglasses. 
Yeah, they look dreadful. Yeah, I mean, the difference between me and Bono is that I don't look like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I I look like the 18th century Prince of Wales. <laughs> yes, you do. With enormous wraparound sunglasses. Yeah. Which is arguably worse. And if you're not wearing your corset, a puddle with sunglasses that have fallen in them. Okay, so Ben, I don't think we're going to have any shocks here. Would you like to flush this film down the toilet or fish it out and preserve it? It hurts, Eamon. I hate to flush an Arnie film, but I would flush this. I just, I felt tired after watching it. At the time, I remember I had a friend who was a big Arnie fan as well. Mm -hmm. And he went to see this film before I did. Mm -hmm. And he told me that it was near perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to see it and... As much as I wanted to believe that, even then I knew it wasn't true. What about you? Yeah, I'd, I would flush this real quick. I felt no sense of anxiety watching this, which is what you should <laughs> feel when you're watching a horror film. I do feel anxiety, just not because of the film. Yeah, just, just when will it end? In conclusion, Eamon, I'll mm. say this. The only thing that's holy about End of Days mm. is its plot. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much. The only thing that's stupid about End of Days is your sister's face. (laughs) Oh, good one. That worked? Good one. Kind of works. Yeah, so it's time to guess each other's top five, isn't it? That's correct. And the way this is going to end this week is whoever wins gets to pick a film that is good, that we're going to watch, (laughs) that we know is good. Yeah. Um, So that'll be fun. And do I have to explain this? The way this works is we both guess each other's top five in a certain category. Uh, whoever gets three right gets to choose the next week's film. Whoever loses has to spend the night on the toilet. And Eamon, that was you last week because I did a win. That's right, yeah. I uh, had to sleep on my bathroom floor. It was, it was actually one of the better night's sleep I've had because neither of my children came in. They're both very young still, so so they'll both often come in. And for whatever reason, both of them have f***ing freezing cold feet. And they decide <laughs> to put them on, like, my back or my legs. Why is that? Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Probably had a better night's sleep in the toilet than I would have done in my bed. So joke's on you. I might actually just move in there, make my own little bedroom. I think the joke will be on your back, but, you know, let's see how that goes. Oh, yeah, I mean, I can't walk. No, you don't feel tired, so... I don't feel I don't feel tired. I just can't move. Yeah, you've got a really acute feeling of that pain because you're no That's drowsiness right. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It's good. So this week we said we'd choose Arnie films, but because some of them would be too obvious, we're not allowed to pick Terminators One or Two, Predator, Total Recall, Commando, or The Running Man. Yeah. Those are ones we can't choose. Arnie leading roles are up for grabs. Loser Man starts, I believe. He certainly does. I'm going to say Last Action Hero. No, I did not put Last Action Hero on there. I remember, even at a young age, I remember being disappointed by it. Okay. This is a duplicate. True Lies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Really good Solid action comedy directed mm. by James Cameron, our old pal. Jimmy C. Uh, this is a double kindergarten cop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was on TV, watched it with my sons, and we really enjoyed it. It's just a fun movie. It's just, you know, massive Austrian man out of place in school. Yeah, it's great. It's, great. it's really good. It's not a tumor, and it has a fear head. Yes. My fear head. It's great. <laughs> really like it. All right, you'll go. So, Razor. Yes. You like a razor? Yeah. I like it purely for the, the guns. 
the rail guns and just how mental they are. They can make you fly through the air, basically. You need to get this one right. This is also double twins. Yes. Yeah, twins. I mean, it's twins, right? Okay, so this, this for the win. This would be a duplicate. Conan the Barbarian. No. Okay. I'm going to go for Red Heat. No. Okay, I'm going to go for Junior. Nope. Red Sonia? No. Escape Plan? No. The Last Stand? No. Aftermath? <laughs> nope, not even heard of that one. Uh, collateral Damage? No. There aren't any left. Not Jingle All The Way? No. Uh, the Sixth Day? No. Batman and Robin? <laughs> no. Terminator Dark Fate? No. Sabotage? No. This is mental. Conan the Destroyer? No. Okay, well, this would be a duplicate, mm-hmm. and it's my last one. Okay. So I don't know where we go from here if it's not it. Okay. Maggie. <laughs> no, it's not that. Okay, well, that was my last one. Well, okay, I guess I just reveal mine then, do I? Yeah, I guess you do. So mine was Terminator 3. Ah. Well. well what does this mean, Eamon? What does this mean? I think it means we should both sleep on the toilet floor, and we should... Right. But we should all get to collaborate. On the movie that we watch. Okay, that's a great idea. Okay. Or we could just collaborate on the film we want to watch and not sleep on the toilet floor. No. We should be punished oh. for, for the <laughs> fact that neither of us have done this. Oh, no. Oh, God. It, was, it wasn't good. I'll tell it? you what, let's, we'll do it in shifts. Let's swap every hour. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. okay. Every, every half hour. Every half hour we'll yeah. swap. Sounds okay. good. That's okay, better. Cool. All right, so... Let's watch a good film. Yeah. So anyway, you might have seen this film, but I was going to pick one called Green Room. Oh, I've not seen it. Which is Jeremy Solnier. Yeah. You have seen it. I've not seen it, no, yeah. but I liked... We talked about him the other day with the Blue Ruin. You Were you going to do Midnight Run? I was, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you, let's do Scissors, Paper, Stone. One, two, three. Ha-ha! <laughs> oh, your face. Best of three, obviously. No. You always do best of three. Oh, yeah. Christ, okay. Definitely. So by the way... Okay. Uh, you can't see any of this. <laughs> ben, <laughs> ben just did uh, stone and I did paper. All right, hang on, okay. hang on. I need to think. You, this is not fair. This is meant to be a quick pace no. game. You're trying to mentally break me. Yeah, that's right. Okay, go on then. One, two, three. Ah, okay. Cut you, cut you with my scissors to your paper. Ben got scissors, <gasps> I got paper. This is the decider. Oh my god. Oh, this is intense. Oh my this god. This is nuts. You can't think in this game. You just got to do it. You got to go with your gut. Yes, you can. No, you have to think. Well, you know you're thinking. So you've just done scissors. So you're going to be yes. thinking that I think that you're going to have to change it next. So you probably go for stone because that projects strength. So then you're thinking <laughs> I'm going for paper. So then you'll choose scissors. So I should choose stone. Okay. Oh, man, that is wild. Right, you ready? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, right, here we go. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Ah, in your face. It's a rock, my friend. Oh, you actually did it? Yeah. Oh. Psyched you out. Right. Did what I said I yeah, was going to do. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> wow, man. So, Midnight Run it is, my friend. Well, I'm not disappointed. It's a great film. I'm looking forward to it. So, you can look us up on the social medias. We, so we're on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. on the YouTube we we were yeah. on Parlour watching films on the snowflake toilet that's was right handle yeah. there but obviously we're just waiting for that one to land on its new host and then we'll be up and running yeah God, I love the dark web don't you just love the dark web oh 
Every so often it is oh, just a little treat, isn't it? It's like a, it's like a little naughty treat. No, you can get like proper Italian tomatoes on the dark web. <laughs> like like actually from Italy, like really good quality. Can you get the, the really good soy sauce? Oh yeah, yeah, like the the real the real good stuff. Oh nice. Yeah. And what about if I want to have someone killed? Yeah. With soy sauce. Oh man. What a way to go. Yeah. And on that note, Eamon, have a lovely time until I next speak to you, because I won't be talking to you in between this. No, we don't do that, do we? No, we don't talk between podcasts. No. It's it's a lot like Simon and Garfunkel. They just refuse to talk to one another by the end. Yeah, I mean, and same sort of level of talent as well, actually. Same haircuts as well. Exact same. I'm I'm balding yeah. and you have this beautiful, delicate ball of, of hair on, on yeah. your head. Only ruined by that large Kevin Bacon-esque scar. Yeah, you, it looks like a dandelion. It does. It looks like someone blew that part. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only a little bit left there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Woo-hoo. All right, take care. Subscribe to us. Please do that. Amen. Keep flushing. Bye. Bye.